Hello and welcome to Pancration Philosophy, episode four, still going strong. Forza. Mm-hmm. My name is Pocholo Cruz, and this is my friend and co-host. Scott McDonald, that's me, eating Subway, fresh. Shout out to Jared. It's like, no, no, it's no like, shout out to, no Jared. Shout out to Jared. My boy Jared yeah. doing really, uh, what, what did he do, bro? Child molesters? Child molesters. Oh, dear God. Child, and I don't child, shout out no, Jared. No, no, let's not shout out Jared. I thought he like got yeah. drunk and was like running around somewhere naked. No, 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 no. You're, actually, you're, you're thinking of that, that that's the... Kofi guy, wait. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. uh, Coney, Coney. Yeah, that, that yeah, was Coney's children. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that was just the Coney guy. But let that be a listen yeah. to anyone who wants to help third world countries and get involved in their conflict to solve them. You'll probably end up drunk, running around butt ass naked. Yeah, so. it, yeah, in the middle, yeah, in the middle of California for some reason. Don't help yeah. anyone but yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't take care of anybody. Consume as much resources as you need to. Yeah. We're also, sandwich. Yeah, we also don't condone child pornography. No, we don't condone it at all. Yeah. And just to show you how selfish I am, we have Ender here who literally shoots this show and edits it in his free time. We don't pay him shit. No, well, I get 10 cents. We no, I'm taking away your job. 10 cents. You're back, back to yeah. You're back we, to we, we, we literally pay him in pennies, but it's, it's okay. It's not like he has any dates to go on. No, it probably won't happen for the next 25 years, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, at, at this rate. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. So, right now, the date is April 8, 2018. So, the day before, we just watched UFC 223. The We're show that almost <laughs> didn't happen. Like, it really, really probably should not have happened. So, the match, the main event was supposed to be Habib Nurmagomedov versus Tony Ferguson, which then became, six days out, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Max, Max Holloway. Holloway. And then the weigh-in the day before became Habib versus Anthony Andy Pettis. And then, <laughs> then it became Habib versus Paul Felder, Felder. which then, then became Khabib versus Al Al Quinta. Quinta. Yep. yep, raging Al, raging real estate you agent. You guys might have oh, noticed Al from uh, the show Jersey Shore. Yeah. He was on there in a face, couple scenes. Face, face like Jim yeah. Laundry Tan. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, that GTL life. But yeah, and then we had Rose Nama Yunez, the champ, Doug Rose, mm -hmm. versus Joanna Ektajajic. Yeah, J check. Yeah, J check. And, <laughs> and um, yeah, those were the two big ones. Yep. There's sure. other ones that are. There's only. There's two fights that I only really cared about on that card. Yeah. And that was. Um, Talking about grits and gravy. Grits and gravy <laughs> versus Joe Lozon. Oh man. And then. Um, Zabit. Zabit. Magomed Sharapov. Another day. Mag how do you say that again? Magomed Sharapov. Magomed Sharapov. Yeah. Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Magomed Magomedov. <laughs> anyway, Zabit really did his thing. And who'd he fight? He fight Kyle Boshnik. He fight guys with a whole bunch of crazy last names. Boshnik <laughs> yeah. versus Zabit. That's true, looking at all, all the last names of this. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. And Zabit looking like Dagestani Abe Lincoln, skinny Wolverine. What would you call him, Moses? <laughs> he looked like Moses. He looked he parted like, the waters. He looked like, um... <laughs> Well, it's Christian Bale from The Machinist. Machinist <laughs> with a beard. But in all honesty, I'll tell you, man, he's he's Abe Lincoln vampire hunter. That's why there's no vampires in Dagestan. Yeah, the guy is like six <laughs> six two, yeah. fighting at one forty five. And yeah. I don't know if 
any of the viewers, you guys probably do have a tall friend, but when you have a, someone who's significantly taller than you and they're also really lean, it's just scary to be around them. Just because they're so awkward and gangly, it's like... But but then that's the thing, he, when he moves, he doesn't move like an awkward gangly. No, person. he moves like a, a really quick athlete, dynamic, like striking, like he... It seems like he kind of has like Taekwondo style striking, yeah. but I don't even want to just put him in yeah, that box because no. he also has good um, Western boxing. Yeah, yeah, he good. had good tight boxing, especially mm -hmm. inside boxing. Like even like even when uh, so his opponent Boshnik was trying to get inside, and he was still getting clipped with like left hooks and like tight like uppercuts and. Overhands. Shout out to like, Boshnik, man, because yeah. that guy did not quit. No, and he took some bombs too. Mm -hmm. Like there were there were a lot of opportunities. Like he was. Not not only he was he wasn't just getting tooled striking he was then getting you know taken down with some with some ridiculous oh, got some right here oh some ridiculous take why did you guys just leave him for the rest of the show that would have been awesome that would have been me that would have we would have got Subway as a sponsorship oh my God. for this yeah, podcast I mean, they, they they need one because, you know Subway it's just that saucy you leave it on your chin. <laughs> Is it gone? Sponsor of Subway, yes, yes. Scott cool. McDonald, the face of Subway. <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's how you know the shit's good if it's just dripping on your face. <laughs> just dripping. Not to mention my tag Hey, I gotta say this before I forget. Yeah. Because I'm gonna get, I'm gonna stand up. Yeah. I bought these jeans right here. <laughs> yeah. And these things are like super, look, watch this. Uh, wait, wait, are they like action jeans? No, they are. Well, where did you get them? I got them from Ross for from 12 Ross? bucks. What are they, so what are they what called? Went, action jeans? I'm gonna call them action jeans. Okay. I think UFC fighters should they should ban Valley Tudos, and then what they should also <laughs> do is ban fight shorts, Muay Thai shorts, and then every fighter should fight in action jeans. Yeah, that's how it should be. I just had to say that because look, look how I can kick. Ah, look at that. That's good. Look at my no. double knee, bro. Look at that. Dude, that, that's, that's a good tight double knee. And you would not think you could do that in those pants. No, if these yeah. were normal jeans, I would have <laughs> yeah. shaved my ball sack. It would have been brutal. Shout, shout out to Action Jeans. Uh, shout out to Subway and Action Jeans. Yeah. If I came in today knowing that I would have filmed Scott kicking around in Action Jeans. All right. No, but that, 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 was, that, that was a real thing, though, in the 80s. Like, Chuck Norris, Action Jeans. Yeah. You act as if I'd understand that. No, no, that's, why, that's why I'm explaining. It, that's why I'm explaining not just to you, Ender, but to the audience oh that there goodness. were such a thing as action jeans. Google it, viewers. Yeah. And I feel it should happen. All you know. six of you and the one fan in Scandinavia. Mm -hmm. Lars, shout out to you, bro. <laughs> keep the donations keep coming, it, keep buddy. Keep it going, Lars. Keep it going, yeah. Lars. Well, speaking of donations, we also have a Patreon page if you do want to support us and mm -hmm. then maybe pay Ender. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, the only way Ender, Ender will get paid. Yep. It's through donations from yeah. the community. Donations from the community. That's Patreon. www.patreon.com. Backslash Pancration Philosophy. That's right. Maybe get under some money. Pay Who knows? Me. Pay my dates. Let's get into th these fights, though. So we yeah. talked about Zabit. Yeah. Um, great performance. That great guy performance. is someone to watch out for in the so, future. So many aspects. You know, just like the the fluidity on the like we're talking about the fluidity of the striking, just throwing like stuff from the matrix, and then but then be able to go seamlessly back into grappling, and then, I mean, he showed you know showed wrestling, mm -hmm. showed like an amazing sweep. Like I, I still can't believe the timing. You, just, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it was yeah, like a it was like he turned himself sideways and with his yeah. lead leg yeah. he just swept out. Uh, 
Yeah. The base Bo- Boshnik. He swept out Boshnik's base. Yeah. And just totally which was which is which was incredible because you know that's hard. Try doing that on somebody you know who knows they're gonna do it to you. Mm-hmm. But doing against somebody, especially against some a guy who's like as tough as Boshnik, as as we said, like Boshnik had went through so much adversity and still mm-hmm. did not quit throughout the. It was still trying to throw bombs like mm-hmm. in the last ten seconds. Yeah. Yeah. He got Boshnik got spinning back kicked right in his dome too at the end of yeah. the third round because he yeah. was coming forward pretty quickly with like combos to the body and then coming up top like traditional striking techniques that shorter opponents use against taller opponents mm-hmm. and he came forward and Zabid just <clears throat> gauged the distance and did the spinning kick and it looked like it kicked him in the jaw yeah. we heard it it was like yeah. but it was actually right in the chest but yeah, yeah Zabid called out Yair that'd be a fun fight to watch um, they're both dynamic sh- uh, strikers and I think Zabid beats him though Yeah, because they also mentioned he was a freestyle wrestler, like oh, yeah, champion well, freestyle Yeah, well, I, I could see it. You could see it in his takedowns, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Boshnik was a was a sturdy guy and mm-hmm. had, had good balance, but Zabit was like, was, you know, tossing, tossing around with the ease that you wouldn't think that somebody of his build could do. Right. You know, just like the explosion, the quickness, the technique. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, it was all there. I mean, I think Yair Rodriguez would be a good opponent. Or another good opponent, I think, maybe like, maybe really test where his wrestling's at, like against like a tough... We're talking about if we're talking about toughness and seeing because he kind of faded, you know, towards the third as good as he did. He did. Yeah. I want to see how he goes against someone who's like who's extremely relentless, like Darren Elkins. Could you imagine that kind of matchup? Oh, jeez. Yeah. That, or have him fight like, like Mendez, bro. Oh man, but Mendez is still off, you know, because he got the he's didn't, didn't you know? No. What he, got, he got popped with, P, with Peds. That's why he's been gone. For oh, Mendez. What? Oh. Alpha male. Oh, oh man. No. Yeah, that makes perfect you, sense though. You, you wouldn't say, but no, I think yeah, Mendez would be in that. A nice option. We all know who brought PEDs to Alpha Male. Dillashaw. Dillashaw. Snake, <laughs> Snake in the Snake fucking in the grass. grass. Yep. So there's that. Now um, we have my boy Grits and Gravy. Gravy. What was his last name again? Grootsmiker. Grootsmiker yeah. versus Joe Lozon, the um, tested veteran of the UFC who mm-hmm. made his debut 12 uh, years ago. 12 years ago in uh, <laughs> beat Jens uh, Pulver. Jens Pulver. In the first yep. round. Yep. But. Um, yeah, he looked good in the first round, Lozon did, but then he just got overwhelmed at mid-range. And it was interesting how Grits and Gravy was, I just like calling him Grits and Gravy, how Grits and Gravy was able yeah. to just um, control him at mid-range and just turn the fight into a clinch fight. He landed yeah. solid elbows um, up the middle, good body shots, and he just had superior positioning throughout the whole fight. Yep. And um when you go back and watch the striking from Grits, Gritzman, like it doesn't look like he's hitting him with these really hard shots, no. but it's actually the accumulation of yep. it's the shots. Volume. It's the, the volume. volume and the pressure. He never once he once he got into that range, he mm-hmm. was controlling him. He was either moving his head, getting a knee, getting some some strikes. He yeah. never let Lozon get back into good positioning. And Grutzman had a hell of a chin too. Oh yeah. But Lozon's never been known to be like a knockout artist. He did KO. Pulver, but yeah. that was really kind of a. He, he was he's really more of a blitz submission guy. Yeah, from there, but he, he, ne- he just never got into good position. No, Grootsman yeah. just warmed down like like a grinder. Yeah, <laughs> the grits like very Carol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> grits great. Yeah. If you don't know where that nickname comes from, you have to watch the Chappelle Show because yeah. uh, Eddie Griffin. Of dice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> World Series of Dice. Boy, Eddie must Griffin. Be the goddamn dude. <laughs> what? He was Salmon. Salmon. What did he say? He was like yeah. Sam, he was like Sam. 
I bought my mama a house and I spent the rest on PCP. And the commentators were like, Richmond was hitting Joe Lozon like he smoked a whole bunch of PCP before he came out there and fought. It was just that real. Mm. But no, I respect the mid range game. Yeah. Um, and a fighter who um, has a chin and has good defense and can just continually do pressure like that mm-hmm. is uh, the type of fighter I admire because it's very AMC-esque. Yeah. We have that style. I mean, we advocate head movement, circling, feints, but when we get into the clinch, we really want to dominate. Like, that's what um, hats off to Guzman. Like, he um, said he really needed that win, and I look forward to watching him fight in the future. So now Pocholo is going to take over, and I'm just – because I didn't watch the two – um, the main, main event, the main, the main, the main, main, the main and co-main event. I had to leave. Was doing some other stuff. So, yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts on it, bro. Yeah. Okay. So my thoughts on the on the Rose Namajunas and Joanna and Jacek fight. So I believe the key. So the key thing from from the first battle was really how Ro- Rose's control of the distance and her ability to get in and out, and then to make Joanna pay with boxing was the biggest was the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. Like she was able to. Uh, I feel she was able to really make Joanna, who's a very accurate striker, really hit at air just with her feints mm-hmm. and her movement. And I feel like Joanna uh, made a good adjustment. Like Joanna was still getting tagged, but I feel like one thing she tried to do in this fight was uh, was not get was to not get lulled in into like stepping forward mm-hmm. like so much like with her jab because I felt. Because um, I feel like Rose is one of the rare opponents that Joanna has at straw weight who will have a longer reach than her. Because right. she's Joanna's so used to being the taller, like lankier fighter. Like right. Her her opponents have been you know Gedalia, Andrade, mm-hmm. um, I mean even Esparza, like women significantly shorter than her and who aren't really known to be fluid strikers mm-hmm. or not not to the point of as uh, as as Joanna is. So I feel like you that that's how Rose was able to beat her in the first fight and I feel like there's still shades of that mm-hmm. in this fight. So even though Rose didn't put away Joanna, I still feel like her boxing, her boxing was still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't really like seeing from Rose though was that I feel Joanna made I, I so with the scoring, they scored it 49-46. So they gave four rounds to Rose and then one round to Joanna. I, I mm-hmm. probably I would say that's probably like the third round. That's where Yoana did her best. But mm-hmm. I would actually say that, from my opinion, I would say that Yoana won the third and the fourth because oh, really? that, that that's where Yoana started accumulating like the leg kicks mm-hmm. and Rose's movement. What it wasn't. It's, it could be a combination of like Rose's movement and also her cardio, just mm-hmm. because of like her. Uh, I mean, it's like it's a very you know, you know how how fights go. You can. You can your cardio can wane. You're not going to be as explosive necessarily as you are in the first, well, like from there. Um, if I remember correctly, yeah. Rose has never been full five, has she? No, she's she... been well. She so she has been to full five because she fought Van Zant and Esparza in five round fights. Oh, so she has yeah. two prior five so round she has fights. Two fire- Five round fights, but in the against Carla Sparza, which was for the inaugural strawweight title, mm-hmm. she got choked out in the fifth. And I believe okay. in when she fought Paige Van Zandt, she choked out Paige in, in, the, in fifth. the fifth. Did yeah, she start there. to fade at all, Rose? Or? Rose, I would say kind of because I feel like it's more of competitive. Well, I feel like in the Sparza one, she started to fade mm-hmm. because of like the constant takedowns. Mm-hmm. I feel like in the Van Zandt one, not so much, but that was mainly because Rose was the one out grappling Van Zandt mm-hmm. at that point, so she was the hammer instead of being the nail at that Got point. Him. Well, this one, this was a more evenly matched, like, on the feet. And, you know, 
Juana is able to just get in, was able to get into a rhythm, really nail it with low kicks, and then not really get hit with shots. I would mm. still say that maybe <clears throat> Rose was able to land the more, at least damaging wise punches. I mm -hmm. feel like Joanna was just unable to really get any volume in terms of uh, in terms of her of her head strikes. Mm -hmm. I mean, you see Rose was kind of cut up, but. Yoana definitely wore more damage on her mm -hmm. face, but that could also just be the case of Yoana just, you know, having just more scar tissue in terms of like all her Muay Thai, or she yeah. could just be, she could just have, you know, how some people just have skin that just breaks easily. Yeah, sensitive you know? skin. Like, you know, like Fedor, I mean, he'll always look like he got messed up even when he barely took any shots. I mm -hmm. mean, GSP. Just, GSP you know, just gets cut when he wakes up in the morning. I know morning when he wakes up in the morning. Sneezes. Yeah. He's like, ha! oh, oh, God oh, damn oh, no. it. Not depressed <laughs> by my defense. He's like, oh, yeah. they all on steroids. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, that's the thing. Because, you know, people talk about damage. But then, you know, dam there's damage to a point. You have to realize that some people, you know, some people's faces just will just wear it differently. Whereas you have a guy like, you know, BJ Penn who could get hit with, like, 200 shots. And yeah, like, and just won't like, be cut. Yeah, won't be cut. He might get knocked out, but you couldn't tell. It's I don't just think like, he's ever been knocked out. Yeah, he has uh, Yaya Rodriguez spinning back kick to the dome. Wait, I thought... Wait, did he just sleep him, or was it accumulation? Well, I guess it was like that, and then he dropped him. But then also Frankie Edgar knocked, like dropped him too. But he had never been fully slept. Yeah. He's just like just with that with that jaw. Yeah, um, he's got a chin. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of the to the scar tissue point, a, yeah. a lot of like uh, traditional stand up fighters that come from boxing, Muay Thai, kickboxing, accumulate a lot of scar tissue, and I just yeah. think because. You aren't able to really change the strategy of the game, so yeah. you're gonna have more swelling yeah. in your uh, in your face, yeah. as opposed to someone who just does MMA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and just yeah. the the repetitive just hits you take in those sports. So yeah. I know um, like Marcus Davis would oh, always yeah, had, cut. Well, had huge scar tissue, or even the you know Nick Diaz. Actually, both, both Diaz. Both the Diaz. Yeah. Well, I feel like, and especially for them, I think it's actually the same case of like Joanna. Mm -hmm. If you look at like Diaz, where they have pretty sharp, you know, features, especially mm -hmm. like you know, like the features that you don't want to be sharp, like yeah. the eyes and then the nose, yep. especially. And I feel like Joanna has that same thing where she has like a real like. It's like almost like a curve. really hollow yeah. cheekbone. Exactly. Really hollow around the eye socket. Yeah, and then so. the and then the nose that can just. She looks yeah. like um. Have you ever seen <laughs> with like King Tut? Like when they found King Tut's like oh, body yeah, in the yeah. sarcophagus. Yeah, like a his one. preserved body. Yeah. If you look at the face, that's what Sean <laughs> <laughs> looks like. King Tut. Oh boy, she's like. Mm. You guys think I'm fucking around? Yeah. Just tell me look this. Look it up. No, if you were, look it up, but if you were like chilling in your house and you look out the window and you saw <laughs> Joanna Jacek <laughs> and her face just up against window. the glass, you wouldn't be scared. If you if you say that you wouldn't be scared, you're lying. Yeah. If well, you say that you would, you're telling the truth. Yeah, she. Really is the boogie woman. I don't want yeah. her like, I want to want her under my bed or under my couch. You know what I'm saying? Outside my window. And then she just starts like getting in my face and throwing low kicks. The next thing you yeah. know, it's over. No, yeah, that's how you're gonna scare your children. Like, all right, you better go to sleep or you want gonna come out and low kick it's you. It's like an old just folktale in Poland. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the old, the Jojecek is gonna come yeah. get you yeah. if you don't act right. <laughs> You bet. Yeah, you better go to sleep. <laughs> go to sleep or the shishanich is going to come. <laughs> oh, but now yeah. moving on to the main event, man. Yep. And so with this one, I, I really want to know your opinion on okay. just how the fight went. But then, like, um, given just the fucking uh, messiness of the 155-pound division yes. at this point, like potential matchups. Potential matchups for it. Yeah. I feel like, okay, 
So, well, first of all, how'd it go? So for, for, first, this is all I have. This is my only frame of okay, reference. Okay, I went on SureDog, yeah. and all I saw was like Khabib throwing a jab yeah. and hitting uh, Eloquento right in the face, and yeah. then I saw Khabib um, had back mount, had him just flattened out. Yeah, and just raining. Because I, yeah. I was hanging out with a friend, and I just looked down, and I was like, Oh shit, it's over. And then I was yeah. like, what oh, could be one? Yeah. So that's my only frame of reference. I didn't get to watch any highlights or anything. Sorry, yeah. viewers. I gotta be up on my ship. No, it, it's alright. It's like so for you know Habib I so Habib Iaquinta, the fight so the fight the fight starts out. Um Iaquinta actually shows like he, he gets he got into like a real low stance, like getting ready for Habib to shoot in on him. Mm -hmm. And then Habib snatches like a single and then it converts it to like a low single and then, and then, and then takes them down. Just like, you know, the strength, <laughs> the technique, the explosion. Even like, yeah, even though it's like, you know, even though you know the bulldozer's coming at you, you can only do so much to stop it. I mean, you can chain yeah. yourself to the redwood, but yeah. that redwood's coming down, you fucking hippies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn right. <laughs> Global warming? Yeah. Liberal conspiracy, if I've ever seen one. We become info wars all of a sudden, yeah. like, what, what the hell just happened? There's lizard monkeys! Lizard monkeys! Obama has sex slaves! It's the globalist scheme! The globalist scheme of the international paradigm of yeah. hidden spirits <laughs> that want to control your minds. They're gonna take all of our guns. I could go on a fucking yeah. rant. Shout out to Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you piece of Read shit. Read between the lines. That's right. Dana White's best friend. Uh, well, because they love barbecue together and turning red. Yeah. Anyway, back back to the fight. So Habib Habib is able to take Iquinta down. Mm -hmm. You know, get gets the uh, you know the patented ground and pound. Like from there, I mean, Habib was just real patient. Mm -hmm. But then uh, Al just tried to get his like counter wrestling. Kept trying to get up, but then just kept getting paid. Like in mm -hmm. the first round. So second round comes in. Uh, I Quinta almost like you know almost shucks off like the first single leg but then gets taken down again like from there kind of more more of the same like really controlled controlled on the ground more ground than pound like back mount it's really just uh, Habib just being able to like you know being able to dominate like several several instances where Al tries to get up but you know just, just getting oh he couldn't get up <laughs> yeah, I, I know right yeah oh you what? don't say couldn't get up yeah but then like third round it's actually start more on the feet and then I Quinta was able to shuck like because he started out so low he would only feed like give let Habib get the singles and he push off the shoulders and then almost like try and get some striking going mm -hmm. but then Habib would just like stand would Habib would stand like almost like uh Really, what Iquinta was looking for was like a big right hand bomb, but then of course that's had, really all he had. Yeah, exactly. And then, but um, really, he he only I say he only caught him like maybe single digits, like mm. maybe not 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 even like who Iquinta? Like, yeah, Iquinta mm -hmm. did like I catching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then like uh, Habib, you know, was able was able to jab. I mean, not not like the best striking, but I guess like I I mean Iquinta was probably just so you know tired mm -hmm. already just from like the wrestling. And I don't know if like Habib was also tired in terms of that, or if he just decided what made him like focus because the mm -hmm. third and fourth round were mainly like stand up, like from that. And then also like a part a portion of of the fifth round too mm -hmm. was like was standing. So I don't know if that's just a gas tank thing. If he just wanted like to stand with them, or maybe it was just like a tactical thing. 
like from there. Was Iaquinta gassed though towards the end? Uh, he was, yeah, he was gassed for getting control, but he was like, he was still trying to throw bombs, but he mm-hmm. was just getting clipped. He was just talking, trying to get him, trying to get Habib to engage with him, mm-hmm. but just was, was a, unable to get it mm-hmm. like from there. But yeah, it was a pretty comfortable like decision win. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, few instances where it kind of catches him flush, but maybe he just doesn't have the power or didn't just didn't have the energy from there, but yeah. I mean, he took the fight on like what 20, less than twenty-four hours less than, notice. Yeah, twenty-four hours notice. Like, yeah. But Iaquinta had been training, or he probably wouldn't have taken it against yeah, such a dangerous opponent. Yeah, because he was supposed to fight Felder. Iaquinta yeah. was right. Iaquinta was scheduled to fight Felder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's one of those things where you can only up your stock in the UFC by taking a fight like that on short notice. And um, what do you know? What the um, what the payment that Iaquinta got for taking that fight was. No, was but it? probably not enough. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. He, it wasn't like he broke, uh, he got six figures for that shit. <laughs> uh, nah, yeah. Maybe what, like five, 500 Gs or 400 I, I, I hope he gets paid, you know, for that. I mean, but, you know, we can, we can, we can only hope. Cause, you yeah. Know, I mean, I think Iaquinta did something, though, because I did see some pictures of his corner, no. and I thought he did a really smart job with who he put in his corner. There was just a bunch of uh, grizzlies that were in his corner. Yeah. And that were yeah, just... Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just uh, some bears that had, like, I hate Habib. Yeah. yeah. It was, they had, like, a, the, the, you know, the red circle. Use your paws! <laughs> yeah. Use yeah. your paws! Yeah. Yeah, it was a bunch of bears from Russia who just... Here, hold on. Ender, get yeah. your ass up. Are you sleeping yeah. on the job right now? Our cameraman trying to sleep. Oh, you gotta monitor the camera. It looks fine. Our intern is lazy. Yeah. Uh, yes, he's so lazy. Was taking a nap. Yeah. So he's, about a, he's about as effective with his camera work as he is with his dating. <laughs> yeah. But you guys will be paying for our Patreon. Patreon, that's right. Next yeah. episode, yeah. the main focus is gonna be get Ender a date. So we'll see. <laughs> I got, I got, we got a couple options for you on Aurora. Oh. Oh, or backstage. <laughs> or backstage. Oh man. Anyway. But, but yeah, but the, you can so lay that down was, if you want to, bro. Um, yeah, but that, yeah, that, that was my read. Just like okay. Habib. But it's like it, it'll be interesting to see you know how just people deal with the wrestling. I mean, there's you know there's obvious you know holes like in the striking. Like he's just he's just like st- he's like he's so stiff and upright. Like Habib, from there. Yeah. yeah Habib in terms of his like boxing. Like from there, not really throwing. Any kicks from that, but you know sometimes it just doesn't matter when your wrestling's just that that overwhelming. Right. But you can have the the fucking shittiest stand up as long as you yeah. are able to grab a hold of a single or a double or uh, get a upper body takedown, you're good. Yeah. And it's just similar, you know, to what we're talking about. How you know people talk about well-roundedness. I mean, that is true to a point. But at the end of the day, like how you win is you get people into spots where you're better than them, or you're in a power position, mm-hmm. and they're un- and they're unable to really do. Well, the thing that is really interesting when you watch guys fight Habib is they're just so overconscious of the takedown. Yeah. That they're not able to let their hands go in a yeah. meaningful way. Yes. So he's able to really get away with subpar stand-up. Not yeah. to say his stand-up's awful, but it sure is lacking a lot of basic foundations yeah. in terms of in terms of like turning over on his punches and yeah. um, just having anything that is close to, you know, I would say a high standard like kickboxing. And that goes for the rest of MMA yeah. though. But it's like no, but that, yeah. that's true. And like we're not we're not just picking on the B. We're just saying like yeah, if it was just if he it was just you know tit for tat like striking mm-hmm. versus striking against like most of the fighters that he fought. He would not have won like that battle, but right. it's, but it's not a striking. Well, battle. he did it to uh, Iaquinta. Yeah, he did it to Barboza. Barboza, if he, especially if you look at Bar, like Barboza is. 
ten times better of a striker than especially Abid. outside striking. But especially that's the outside. thing. His outside striking was ne- he was never able to get it because like I would say saying, even inside he's better, but because yeah. of the takedown. Yeah. But so running away. Yeah. Who do you think Habib fights next, man? Who do you think Ferguson? Habib fights next? That Ferguson? fight's never fucking happening. Because Ferguson <laughs> needs to quit stop wearing sunglasses and indoors. stop kicking steel pipes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Ender, if I ever catch you kicking a steel pipe trying to strengthen yeah. your shins or kicking a banana tree, I'll flip out. Don't yeah. do that shit. Yeah. Leave the trees alone. Leave the pipes they alone. That's dumb. Yeah, no. It's you know what else movie. they do in movies? Drugs. Yeah. You know what else they do in movies? They kill people. Yeah. You're just gonna kill people yeah. now, you Ender? Yeah, kill people, in. Uh, well, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I was gonna say they also drive, you know, cars through buildings. Oh, yeah. Building. Where are you just gonna? You live your life like Fast and Furious. Have you seen the other yeah. guys? Yeah. Yeah. Jump off of a building. They're trying to jump off a building. Aim for the bushes. Yeah, don't aim for the bushes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, dude. Habib. Habib Ferguson. I f- no, but okay, so here's an interesting point. Habib doesn't want. I, I think Habib. Uh, it's probably gonna fight. Wait till fight until the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to see, if Fer- I want to see Ferguson fight, you know, maybe in the summertime once he heals up. There's a lot of good options. Uh, Habib versus, I mean Ferguson versus. I mean they're talking about. I mean this is just one media guy, but one matchup I would like to see: Ferguson versus Nate, and then winner of that versus versus Habib, or possibly, you know. Maybe some Irish gentleman versus Habib. Yeah, yeah. and that, yeah. that's a good segue because I'm sure no one was really gave a fuck about the fights last night unless you're MMA purists and supporters and participants like us. What yeah. everybody in the world cared about was what McGregor did. What on, McGregor? Uh, was that Thursday, right? Yes, Thursday. So yeah. I don't feel like I need to go into great detail about that, but since this is pancreation philosophy, we have to ask ourselves um, really critical questions about someone who behaves like that in a, in a sport that we hold dear and is really about self-respect and about camaraderie. Um, what happens to the sport when you have a McGregor-like character who is not only influencing the game on a technical aspect, but also just personality-wise, you know? So as... Most all you know, uh, there was an altercation between Khabib. And here's the thing that pissed me off, though. Yeah. Abib uh, and his his crew didn't get a whole lot of flack for what they did to Artem. Yeah, to Artem. Yeah. To Which, Artem. And it was like they initiated that regardless yeah. of if Artem called him a pussy or whatever. Yeah. They ran up on him in the lobby. They pressed him, uh, intimidated him, and then Artem called his teammates, his yeah. friends. Yeah. And main teammate happens to be Conor McGregor. And these are all, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but allegedly McGregor got on a G4, got in his G4 jet from wherever he was and flew yeah, all, the way, all the way to, all the way to, to New, New York. York. Yeah. And the MacLife guys were able to let him in the Barclays Center to the Barclays Center uh, into the loading dock where they uh, put all the fighters on the bus and take them to they're taking them I think back to the hotel back to the hotel yeah because they had so what happened they were leaving the Barclays Center yeah yeah. because the press conference had just ended right after the the press conference and then um, Connor and his crew of goons just fucking West Side Story just straight up blitzed the uh, bus and um Chairs were thrown, a dolly was thrown, thrown, glass shattered, and um, Michael Chiesa was cutting his forehead. Ray Ray Borg Borg was blinded. 
Ray Borg was not blinded. <laughs> he was perfectly fine. And just, like, yeah, he was, that was oh. bullshit. But um, we got suplex arm bar. The the antics were just crazy, and so from a, from a philosophical standpoint, we're sitting here like, what is it that attracts people in just our society in general to like assholes? Because I can't describe can't his describe his behavior other than just the behavior that an asshole exhibits. Mm-hmm. It just so happens I've been reading a book. Called assholes by Aaron James. It's okay. a theory, and so essentially, what this—it's actually a really funny book, um, and it's about. And I even read it right there. You could read. Yeah. It. What does it mean for someone to be an asshole? The answer is not obvious, despite the fact that we are often stuck dealing with people for whom there is no better name. McGregor. <laughs> we try to avoid them, but assholes are everywhere: at work, at home, on the road, in the public sphere, on your bus. And we struggle to comprehend why exactly someone should be acting like that. An important question for sure. Right. So there's um there's a couple things that I think drive, and th- and this is what this book. Just to sum up what this book talks about in the beginning is it it says that first of all, what is an asshole? What is the definition of an asshole? Because when we have a word linguistically, we need mm-hmm. to find out like wh- how conceptually what does it mean, and then yeah. what are the the qualifying terms for someone to be an asshole? Yeah. And what Aaron James says is it's someone that has an inherent and grandiose sense of entitlement. Entitlement. Okay. Right. I th- in our society, and in any advanced society with good moral ethics, mm-hmm. which I don't know if we can find any fucking example because humans are deplorable. Yeah, humans are deplorable. But let's just talk about an ideal. Society. An ideal in an yeah. ideal society, yeah. we should give everybody some sort of moral ground mm-hmm. in which they should be treated, talked to, and engaged with. Right. Okay. In a collaborative and cooperative manner. So that means if. Even though I talk crap about Ender, and I talk crap about Scott, Scott, I extend a sort, a certain moral foundation to Ender as a human. If he were to approach me and be like, "Hey, Scott, man, like, I'm gonna be honest when you talk crap about me," that makes that hurts my feelings. If he were to really say that, bullshit. But no, just whoa, for the sake of, whoa, Ender. just for the sake we're of talking the about ideals here. Yeah, we're talking about the, like, let's say just, Ender no, was a person. Let's play yeah, this. Yeah. Let's do this thought experiment. All right, here. All right. In a civilized society, I would acknowledge what he said. I wouldn't try to think I'm superior to the words he said, and I would acknowledge them, and then I would change my behavior. The asshole doesn't think he has to do that at all. He thinks whatever argument you're bringing against him that relates to his behavior, he can override because of his superiority. Because he's entitled to it. Because he's entitled to it. So what happens is the asshole circumvents all sorts of social conventions. So let's think of a social convention, right? And this is an example from this book. Okay. A line. Oh, yes. A line of people in a grocery store, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know when the line was formed. I don't want to go back and study the yeah, history, of, history the of the lines. But lines were there. But it, it's a particular order. Someone was there before the you. The first one you went in, behind them. The first one that goes and out. Now we're going to wait yeah. for our turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. So socially, we all agree that we're going to sit in this line until we get to where we need to go or get what we need mm-hmm. at the end of the line, mm-hmm. right? Whatever direction it's facing. Okay. So. Each person in that line that's abiding by those social rules isn't acting like an asshole. Yes. But the asshole, what he does, he cuts right in front of the fucking line because yeah. he feels like he can because of his sense of entitlement. Because he's better than them. Because he's better than them. So, um, and that can be physically, that can be his perceived sense of intelligence. So. Mm-hmm. He just kind of. There's, there's multiple things. There's multiple things, and, and this his book is really deep about it. So, um, in terms of McGregor. 
there's a couple there's a couple yeah. levels of assholedom that is present in the UFC right now yes. that I want to talk about. But first, I let's mean, McGregor is like let's tackle McGregor foremost. first. That's like in the paramount. Right what now. makes McGregor an asshole? Here's my question though. Okay. For pancreation philosophy. Yeah. What makes McGregor an asshole? And am I wrong? I well. Or is the assertion in this book about assholes? And we're not talking about like. Obviously, humans are complex, so I could do something really fucked up one day, mm -hmm. and then something redeemable the next. But here's the difference: that doesn't qualify me as an asshole. Mm -hmm. If, but an asshole is someone who will not change their behavior because that's the way they are. The sense of that's entitlement, the, way they are. Yeah. the uh, looking at someone from a, a downward position, not acknowledging the way they're feeling, the way they think, and mm -hmm. not and feeling because you're in a particular position that they can't contribute in any yeah. way. So, what makes McGregor an asshole, or is he an asshole? Hmm. Well, you can. Well, that 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 is a good question that you bring up, and and, t and talks about in terms of in, in you know entitlement. And in terms of how you know how one presents themselves, there's definitely that sense that you can just take a look at his actions. I mean, I mean the actions that we already t you know that we already talked about, like the willingness to go out of your way to attack to attack a bus, not caring about the occupants inside, ending up getting collateral damage. I mean, that's the most recent one forefront. But then also just take a look at the action of you know, winning winning a title. You know, which he won like 500, you know, almost over 500 days ago in 2016, and then never defending it, never feeling the need to that, jumping to a whole different sport, and then getting and you know making an, an absurd amount of money, you know, for sure, but then never feeling entirely. Oh, that's what other, that's what other fighters do. You know, going back and being towing the company line in mm -hmm. terms of that, and yeah, and I definitely, I definitely see like there's definitely like ash, you know, asshole behavior in terms of that feeling that he doesn't have to do those things mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I think just the sense of uh, you know it's that fine but it's that it, it's that it's a fine line between like what is you know what is confidence and then what is arrogance in terms of that from there about how about how he sets himself because at the same token he could he wouldn't be at the level he is without holding himself to that regard mm -hmm. you, you, you know what I mean like I feel like Yes, that there is, um, like, while assholes will put themselves in the front of the line, at the same token, like, who who then is at fault? I mean, yeah, the assholes at fault for putting themselves in the front of that line, but then why do the people like behind behind the asshole let the let 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 that happen from there? Or why does society reward the asshole? Because I feel like that's really what's happening, too, because like McGregor starting you. Know, you know, asking for more, being entitled, thinking all this, and but then he was being rewarded for it, and I feel like that reward system, like that society, in you know, or the UFC was like rewarding him for being mm -hmm. an asshole, like from there, you know, just from you know all the previous acts, like you know, throwing water bottles at a press conference, like showing up, you know, with the Nate Diaz incident, mm -hmm. uh, always like you know, always showing up late, never defending the featherweight title, having to be like, you know. You know, he's having to be stripped of two titles already, mm -hmm. you know, his featherweight and lightweight title. Yeah, he's the first one to become, you know, concurrent champion, but then mm -hmm. he's also the first to be stripped of, like, two championships. Exactly. You know, from there. So, yeah, it's like, like, I, I feel like, so I feel like, yeah, there are assholes, but do you, but wouldn't you agree that in this notion, in this society, the assholes are, are rewarded, or it's almost like, it's almost that there's really like what's the negative what's the negative drawback to be an asshole? That's a good question. I think not only So anyway, 
what what do why do I think it's rewarded is what you asked me. Yeah, why are assholes rewarded in this in this culture or just in society in general? Well, I it's it's a, there's a lot of layers to it, but I think within our social fra fabric, we have to go back to a lot of things like um, we're we're conditioned in our society to be less collaborative than other societies. So I'm comparing American society. So the society so like, as opposed to like what's a what would you say? Is well, like even if we well we look way back in our past, like uh, indigenous egalitarian societies, and we're we're more, obviously more technologically advanced in those societies. But there was different values, mm -hmm. and I think within each culture, there's a certain set of values. In in our culture, it is really about just American culture domination. Mm -hmm. And so when you have like a McGregor character or a Trump character, the way they insert themselves on their environment, although it isn't rational and it's rude, it's disrespectful, and it um, kinda is uh, just unfair, those people just create a path, right? They create a path because they get a lot, yeah, they, they get a lot of attention. Space. Yeah, They bring a lot of attention and there's some arguments that say that's just a part of our species, but I think there's other, there's much more evidence to suggest that we're way more collaborative. But in terms of where we're at now with like the UFC and pay-per-view buys and large fan bases, there's something about the viewers and people who are a part of the MMA culture that want to see that, that like the trash talk and like the back and forth because it is a microcosm for the actual physical fight that's going to occur. And I, mm -hmm. I, I like the verbal judo, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I think there's a line to it. But yeah, but no, but I think you like the verbal judo when it's when it's like it's like it's an additive. It's like how the way I, I, I see that the trash talk and that aspect or the the, the debate in mm -hmm. terms of you know trying to. One up, but that's not that's not the forefront. I feel like that's that that's like that's fluff essentially. You know? Exactly. That's like that shouldn't be that shouldn't be the focus. Is is that what you're saying? Yeah, because like, I mean, that's, that's how I, I how I look at. It. Like I don't I don't mind like the trash talk. That's fine. But when people like you know pump it up to like an, an uh, like almost an enhanced sense of what it is. Right. I feel because because there's a part of it is the psychological battle of fighting. Yeah. Right. Which has always been there. You know that's been there but, before MMA. But here's like the thing, that. Ali. Right. Mm -hmm. Was Ali not a f infamous trash talker, a, yes. brash, a brash, eccentric, eccentric athlete? Yes. He wasn't an asshole, though. What What would you say was the difference? I would say because because here's the thing with Ali is Ali had a respect for just social conventions, mm -hmm. and he also was you know a, a radical activist and just empathetic person overall. Mm -hmm. I would say McGregor has some of those traits, but more so he wants to just impose himself on the entire company. So he's, it's fuck every other fighter, it's uh, fuck anybody else that's trying to get in my way, and I am so big now that the even the law, I'm above the law. And you, you've seen it recently with him, like what he did in Crumlin, where there was that altercation he got in with an Irish mobster, just mm -hmm. reckless, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and you've seen McGregor when he walks into venues now, it's almost like, I'll do what I want, I'll go where I want, I'll hop inside of a cage and slap a referee. Mm -hmm. Ali never did anything like that. So there's, there's a line between verbal warfare, asserting yourself, and, and domination, it happens, but there's like a, there's a line. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, Connor's crossed it. And I think he is, embodies all the traits of an asshole. And there's nothing at this point that is redeemable about him. The same thing with John Jones. I'll say with John Jones too. Yeah. John, oh, John Jones, Jones is an asshole. Definitely an asshole. And um, 
as martial artists, we don't have to make excuses for that behavior because we want to preserve the humble, hardworking, and uh, spiritual aspects of our sport because there's already so many negative assumptions about it. But I would say that's what makes Connor an asshole. A- an asshole. Yeah. Yeah, is just this. Even when you see him, you can just tell with his posture when he's like got arrested and he's being taken to court in New York. It's almost just like he's setting himself up for the next fire. He just doesn't yeah. give a fuck. And yeah. the other thing too is he thinks he's untouchable at that he point. He thinks he's untouchable. Yeah. So um, he doesn't have to acknowledge anybody because of his sense of entitlement. He doesn't have. He believes he doesn't have to respect the opinions of others. Mm-hmm. He'll do what he wants anyway because he is this super charismatic super talented individual so he doesn't have he doesn't have to have any social responsibility Mm -hmm. which i think is disgusting on a lot of levels but the ufc also rewards that behavior you've seen how you've had a hump we can use demetrius johnson as an example you and i both know him personally who's that that's a good question exactly how many times has he defended the title 11 times 11 times right is he anywhere close to the net worth no of McGregor. Not not even scratching it. Right. And it's because of that brashness, that disrespect, that assholeness. That's not in Demetrius Johnson as a human. Mm-hmm. Right? He's a competitor. Oh, he understands he needs to dominate in his sport to be victorious, but he doesn't of his character was. His character, yeah. he he's probably he's far more collaborative yeah. than um, a McGregor would be. Uh, and now you see that there's been a cultural shift in the UFC, like the Colby Covingtons and all these random people just who are horrible at trash talking and starting tra- to trash yeah. talk. Yes. And it's just it's fucking stupid. You know what I mean? So that's I think if we were to give like all the qualifiers of assholeness, like if we were to look at them and do a checklist, McGregor is on he hits all of them. So then but then what does that say though, still about our society, you know, in terms of like in terms of rewarding that? Because yeah, there's the like so why because that just brings up, because I think about this too, you know, why does our society, or why, why are those kinds of people like rewarded? Is it just because they're, you know, the, loud, the loudest voice, or they happen, you know, they happen to get the, the most attention from there? Because mm-hmm. like you said, Colby Covington, you know, horrible, horrible trash talk, horrible, you know, horrible, you know, just overall horrible person, really. Mm-hmm. But now he's getting, you know, he's fighting for the interim title against like, against RDA, you know that? Yeah, so yeah, he's being rewarded for being an asshole and for, I don't know, having the reading level of a fourth grader, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that, that might be insulting to a fourth grader. But mm-hmm. um, There's some yeah. pretty smart fourth graders out there. Yeah. We can just say he's exactly. an egghead. I mean, yeah. well, what he did is, um, and it's almost different than, like, Shale Sonnen. Because I, I, feel, I feel like, okay, so with Shale, yeah, he said ridiculous stuff, but I feel it's all... Uh, He's like, didn't he like, get busted for money laundering? Yeah, he got busted for money laundering. That's how he, you know, as a politician or for like real estate <laughs> as well. Well, yeah, no, but I feel like, okay, so, so Chael Sonnen, he thinks a lot of, you know, things, but at the end of the day, I, like, he, I see Chael Sonnen, I see that that's an, that's an intelligent, calculating guy. Like, he's not a fool, you know? I mean, I don't really, like, there's maybe some ideas I don't agree with. I don't necessarily respect some of the things that he does, but I know that, like, he it's like it's calculated like he thinks about it he puts a lot of thought he says it for a purpose mm-hmm. you know i f- i don't really get that sense with covington i feel like he's just like he yeah he's he's just like that well he's a fucking racist too is cuz yeah. he went out there and he was just straight up like he mm-hmm. said that he was talking to the addressing the crowd in brazil and said mm-hmm. they're animals they're mm-hmm. this they're that mm-hmm. 
And so what he's doing is he's crossing this line of based on history, based on just being any type of intellectual analysis that we don't condone people using words and phrases like that to dehumanize other people. And he's done that for his own personal notoriety. So he, in fact, to me, is an asshole. Shale Sonnen, not so much, right? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know the extent of his money laundering charges, if that impacted the lives of others in, in kind of so it could exemplify or raise his personal status. That's assholeness. Yeah. McGregor, at this point, based on what he did mm -hmm. on Thursday, injured other people, impacted their career, and showed disregard for everybody around blinded but himself Ray and his Bork. friend. Yeah. yeah, blinded Ray Borg. <laughs> yeah. His uh, eyes will never be the same. That's assholeness. <laughs> but I don't know. Why do they get rewarded? I just think it's... Um, it's hard. There's no simple answer for that. I just think that has been our example in American society, whether it be the military, whether it be economics. It's it's all about ensuring maximum profit and not really thinking about the impacts of what we need to do to get ours, right? Yeah. You people, know, people like, oh yeah, the ends justify the means. They're willing. They're willing to. You know, they're willing to overstep the line because they know no one's going to stop them from, from doing Exactly. Stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's perfect. I'm glad you yeah. said that because it makes sense why some of these moguls and kind of like cutthroats. Cutthroat ruthlessness. Care, you know, we're yeah. kind of apathetic. It, towards, apathetic. You know, we're in yeah. and we're um, sympathetic and actually gave dollars to support fighting. Think about Donald Trump yeah. and how he was in boxing. Think about Don King. Yeah. There's so many other it's, there's something about that that just attracts this about fighting. Of, about this, this these kind of people. Right. That's true. And it's yes. not you can't just like put because there's so many different humans involved in fighting, you can't just and cultures also dictate the way fighting plays out. Like we yes. know that well I, I was gonna say pride, but I'm not gonna sit here and say pride. It was uh Ender, man, you bet this better not. <laughs> You're creeping away. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's legit. There might be people trying to stop that creation philosophy. I can't let that. No happen. one can stop that creation. No one philosophy. can stop us. We'll they dominate our surround. They cannot kill an idea. So, um, yeah, so I think kill our voices, but they can't kill an idea. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, no you're talking about you're talking about pride though, and like, what do you think? Like, well, I was I had to catch myself because I remember hearing there like the fucking really yakuza. Funny, but the yakuza. <laughs> no, but no, but still, but I know I, I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like at that point, like the fighting was for pride. I feel like the Japanese culture, in terms of it, really, mm -hmm. it's it's not about the. I mean, that brashness mm -hmm. is like is thought of, but what's more important is was you know like the warrior spirit in terms of like like they like losses like you could you know you could still lose in japan but they would still bring you on if you showed yourself if you you know if you showed you know good character in that, in that right and think about it like um and there was always exceptions to the rule but like even i just thought about mcgregor when he was talking to mendez and he's like out at that press conference, um, the one for when he was supposed to far, fight, uh, what's his name? Uh, Aldo? No, Rafael. Oh, Dos Anjos? He's supposed to fight yeah. Dos Anjos, yeah. and he like turns around and looks at Mendez and is like, well, when I hit you, you curled up like a bitch. It's like, yeah. you don't need it. You don't need it. It's to like you don't need to say that at all. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there's something about the value system and just what is being rewarded, what behavior is being rewarded in the UFC right now. And it's for promotion, it's for marketing, it's because there's something in us that likes to see that not um either we revolt we, we're thinking we look at it and it's revolting or we think that's the way you should conduct yourself but um i want to talk move do you have anything else to say about mcgregor and his asshole no no mcgregor's an asshole. i want to talk about the visit 
um, of the UFC fighters oh, to, to Wall, Wall Street. Street. Okay. I just want to know. Yeah. I have a lot of yeah. fucking crazy thoughts about that. Okay. What's and actually, an excerpt from this book. Oh, okay. Um, I think it. I think it relates to what we were just talking about. Is like the whole dominating and then overstepping the line and get. I mean, that's what Wall Street is. Yeah. Well, well, okay. what Wall Street is is just a bunch of. It's a collect. It's it's just a collection of the largest organized crime of white collar criminals. Exactly. And what do they thrive on? The law of maximum profit. Yes. And so we have all sorts of really Please disgusting things that are profited upon on Wall Street and are publicly traded and some of that is actually student debt. You know, think about um, commodities that are traded on the, the market and we know green energy is making it come, come up right now but also we have like big oil companies that are public exactly. and I mean, stocks are being traded. But they're, Just look at throughout history. That's how, you know, that's how the electric car got killed. That's how all these green energy sources get killed. You know. So it's literally... If it if dominate like the principle of domination, especially in an economic context, what it says is it says fuck everything, even yeah. that which gives you life. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck no, other no, humans. No, no, fuck no, the no, planet. That's true. Get money. It's fuck like, bitches. Fuck, yeah. Fuck bitches. No, it's like yeah. Fuck bitches. No, but they're, they're, literally, they're literally fucking the world over just so they can get just so they can get profit. Right. But that's the thing. They, they, it's like it's gone to the sense where they don't need to think about the world. They're just no. thinking about themselves at that point. Because, you know, it's not like people go out of their way to be inherently evil, you know, at that point. But they put they position their goals where they don't even where they don't have to empathize or they don't have to sympathize. No, because what you're do, you what you've done yeah. is you've quant you've quantified. Um, you haven't qualified. You've quantified just life in general. Yes. So how much it's worth. Yeah. How much it's worth. Yeah. And it's like yeah. then what you do is you take the externalities of a yeah. business decision, yeah. even if those are that's human life, that's an ecosystem or that's um, just uh, keeping communities together. And you go, well, that's that, that's an externality we're going to have to accept so we can uphold the maximum amount of money we're going to make on our investment. Yeah. In, the, in the, the book actually talks about this. And it's and so here's my thing. Here's the UFC Wall Street connection. Are we good? Are you doing? Yeah. Okay. Don't fuck. I swear to God, <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> like, I am better than you. I am better than you. Um, what what you have here and even oh, it's awful, dude. Did you see any of the excerpts of those fighters on Wall Street? No, dude. Did well, you I, but you were telling me about what Tyrone it. Woodley said. <laughs> He's I'm, like, I'm, I'm gonna ring this bell. I'm gonna ring, ring my opponent in the cage, dude. Room. Hold on. <laughs> I might, I want to pull it up right now. Okay. Let's watch it. And for the yeah. viewers at home, you can pull it up too. That's that's, that's so cringy. I mean, we're talking the whole about, we're thing is fucking talking, We're talking about bad trash talk. <laughs> Let's see here. UFC on Wall Street. I posted on DJ's uh, Instagram. I was like, oh, what is this mouse on Wall Street? <laughs> what is it? Oh, you can't find it. I can't find it. It's okay. It's crazy. God damn it, Scott. <laughs> you shut up, Ender. <laughs> UFC, Wall Street. Yeah, but when Woodley said that, I was like, bro. Bro, stop. Just stop. Don't. No more. Video, Wall Street on alert. Yeah, well, fuck it. It's okay. You can look it up. Yeah. Si oh, six champs. Here's an article on it. Okay. Who were those champs? So, Six champs will Wood ring the bell. So it was was it was Woodley, DC, Stipe, DJ. Uh, was was uh, Whitaker there? Mm -hmm. And then who else? 
Oh, Amanda Nunes. And the stock market's fucking tanking right now yeah. because of Trump's tariffs on China. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. But it's uh, this this section from the book kind of talks about the ultra competitive nature of Wall Street and how mm-hmm. we we don't focus on like collaborative principles. And here's the thing about. I kind of have like an anarchist view of martial oh. arts. Mm-hmm. This is how I think about it. Okay. I, I think if I make you better, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get better. Okay. If I dominate you and beat you every time in practice, I'm not getting better. Which is what happens. So I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So I, what I have to yeah. do is help yeah. you raise your level of performance by mm-hmm. making you better. I make myself better, mm-hmm. right? And that's obviously something that isn't talked about a lot. Yeah. Very rarely do you like do the fucking embedded or the all access UFC shows highlight all the different training partners. I mean, yeah. it takes a good athlete to point out all the people that made him better. Okay. But that's really what it's about. No, but, but that's how learning, that's how learning occurs, you know? Or that's how, yeah. I, I feel like that, that, that's how, that, that's, that's a good point you bring mm-hmm. up. Because in this, in this, uh, in, in martial arts, you don't just grow alone. You grow with others and others are essential to your growth. Exactly. And I feel like that, that, that's, that collaborativeness mm-hmm. is important, you know, because it, it's, well, you become, you know, who you surround yourself with, right? And if you're in a good, I feel like, you know, I feel like right now I'm in a great training environment mm-hmm. because I have people, you know, not not just like yourself, but people who are who are of open mind and also willing to, you know, willing to share their techniques. They're willing to, okay, they're really, really, they're really willing to grow in themselves and understand it's not just about winning. It's about it's about overall growth. And I agree with that notion too. I feel like if you know, you do something and I ask you, you're willing to share on me. And if I, you know, if I'm able to do something that gets success and you ask me, I'm very open to sharing it with you. Because what do I have to gain by hiding it from you? And what do you have to gain by hiding it from me? It makes no sense. It's like, no, these are all, but hey, these are all mine. You're wrong. That's, you're no, wrong. you're wrong, Pocholo. Yeah. Yeah, if you're an if you're yeah. an economist, yeah. Yeah. what you should do is hide everything. Hide everything, hide everything and run. Get, Get the money and run. <laughs> Fuck everybody. What do you do with the magic bean? So I think yeah. The, the whole UFC thing and the Wall Street blend is really about ultra competitiveness and, and domination. And this excerpt explains it better from this book explains it better than I can. Mm-hmm. And this is the section of this is called this is called corporate assholes. Corporate. I mean, it's important. That's what they are. That's a, that's a pinnacle. But. So this is what Aaron James says: uh, the ultra competitive stock trading ethos. It seems was carried over into how the traders played laboratory games. It's about a study and how um, they took a bunch of stock uh, stock traders and had them play this game where they had to like equally distribute things and they fucking hoarded it yeah, of, course. of course and anyone <laughs> and would anyone Trade be surprised secrets. to see yeah. a crop up, crop up elsewhere accordingly once the right or wrong culture settles in the asshole population can expand yeah consider for instance the expectations that corporations are required to maximize shareholder value because they have a fiduciary duty to investors if this is really a duty only to investors, it follows that there is a duty to minimize benefits overall to consumers and workers. That is to say, a duty to offer the bare minimum incentive required to get them to buy a product or show up to work. Many corporate heads will pull back from this, seeing that something is amiss. The asshole CEO will embrace his duty with moral gusto, sensing an otherwise forbidden rush of power and profits lie ahead. Others who are not already assholes will nevertheless get comfortable with this behavior. Mm-hmm. Trying to keep up with it or beat the pack. As this is repeated across thousands of boardrooms and CEO offices, being steadily reinforced with oft-repeated suggestions of how all this works to the greater good, good. assholes grow and flower. Mm -hmm. 
the way of the asshole can thus become the, the normal, normal way. way. And so, like, yeah, I think if you have people who are just a cutthroat on the um, stock market and are doing whatever to maximize profits and you're telling athletes that they have to just say fuck you to everyone and get theirs, it's going to become the norm. That's, that's and that's what's happening in the UFC right now. Yeah, well, that, 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 that's a good point because, yeah, that's what shows because everyone's seeing how assholes prosper. Mm -hmm. Some people go, oh, well, I should become an asshole because that's how I'll prosper. Exactly. From there, but that's, and, and that's a good connection from there. Mm -hmm. But I think... Um, you know, going back, you know, to you know, to your philosophy, like on, on martial arts, I, I think, I mean, you obviously, have something more to say about. No, I no, but I no. feel like that. I feel like that's what, you know, that, that's why I'm, I was fortunate, you know, to come across, you know, come across you and other martial artists who think in that same way mm -hmm. about that, you know, that collaborative mindset of the sharing. Because I felt, you know, I, I, I learned the most, you know, well, I learned the most from you know my training partners. It's just how it goes. But I feel mm -hmm. like it's always that notion where it's not we're not trying to one-up like one another in terms of that or trying to hide from there because I feel like that's that's not an environment where you're gonna where you're, where you're gonna succeed I feel like you know in the in the gym like from there I'm not gonna hide things oh yeah I'm guys you're sucking yeah I'm gonna beat Scott like from there no. it's like you know because like what, what's the use of that I feel like and I feel especially that's why um amongst my training partners there are like I would there I don't, I'm not gonna train with assholes like it's because it's no point and this like, is a perfect segue yeah no no this is a perfect segue true. to what our next topic is yeah exactly because you know, I feel like that's what you're asshole no be. asshole yeah. now we've talked about yeah. the broader asshole culture in society and we could probably write a fucking oh yeah book about it there was a book written about it in this general society if you guys have some extra dough please pick up this book I'm working my way through it assholes a theory by Aaron James it's great and profound. So now we're going to talk about... How many sponsors do you guys have on this episode? Shut up, Ender. Dude, Ender, we don't have, we have any, any sponsors. sponsors. If we had sponsors, you would be paid. Yeah. Actually, if we if had we sponsors, had sponsors we I'd take all the money. Yeah. If we had sponsors, we'd have a better cameraman. That's what would happen. Anyway, continue, Scott. Dude, the door just gets kicked down and <laughs> fucking the feds point guns at us. Who said Sharon, you communist fucks? <laughs> dude, you just get lit up. <laughs> Remember a uh, picture of Shea Guevara yeah. pulls out of Um, So... I almost want Ender to come on the other side and talk yeah. about this, but I can take a nap on that table behind Shut up, Ender! You're not taking God a nap. Stay on that side. Stay God awake. Damn it! I'm, anyway. <laughs> I'm freezing your wages for the rest of the time that I know you, which means I'm never gonna fucking pay you. Um, yeah, talking about. So at, yeah. we're on the topic of asshole culture. Yeah. And we all train at a MMA gym here. What is? What are some traits of uh, asshole? gym partner in uh, an MMA gym or an asshole training partner in an MMA gym. I'm just trying to, yeah. what are some things to like watch out for and what are some behaviors that we need to reflect upon to make sure we don't engage we in don't, indeed, to become asshole training partners. Because that's another yeah. part of this book is to ask you to analyze like what are your, your asshole actions, behavior traits? Yeah. Yeah. How are you being an asshole? Yeah, and I, and I, and I feel with that, I mean, the, the biggest thing is not, is not listening to training partners, like from there, uh, being, um, I'd say like going, uh, going needlessly hard or being needlessly competitive. And by that, like, you know, if you're grappling, just going, oh, like always going for the tap or always like, always like going, going for submissions, trying to, trying to hurt people in the sense, like going like almost, 
overexerting yourself just just to win mm -hmm. in terms of striking needlessly like hitting somebody hard and by needlessly like in like, I feel like in a, in sparring situations yeah you can connect but there's no need to just sock somebody you know mm -hmm. as, as hard as you can or to be or you know, being a bad trade partner and just being having an unrealistic uh, sense of volume but mm -hmm. and by that I mean if you're trying just trying to get like a rhythm <laughs> this is going like super fast like trying to get like some speed from there mm -hmm. it's all it's I mean you know we've trained so much we we can sense these behaviors like someone who's just selfish someone who's just pretty much just looking out there to win because that that that's not that's not how training should be you're not looking out to win you're looking like improvement doesn't come from just working on what you're already good at you have to put yourselves and uh, and probably you know, you almost have to take a step back in terms of like how you um, of how hard you're going or, or like what you what you know already. You have to work on things you're not good at. That that's how that's how you improve upon it. But I feel like an asshole is just gonna be there. Like oh I'm I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna hit that guy. I got I will sub that guy. He went down like a bitch. You know from there it's just like someone who's just there for themselves, who's very egocentric and is not there to help others. I think I think that's the biggest thing because yeah. they're just able to help themselves. But the funny thing is, it's hard to help yourself if no one's willing to help you mm. from there. Because that uh, that that that's how I feel. I feel like uh, the great like the greatest point of growth was like I had you know I had good coaches, I had good training partners. I was in an environment that allowed me to grow because I had people that were able to show me, you know, show me what I was doing wrong, whether, you know, it was an instructor telling me, oh, you need to do this better, or a training partner, oh, yeah, I see you doing this. I feel like that, that it's that collaboration, you know. I mean, I am one person, but that one, but me as a one person grew because of all the people that I interacted with, you know. Mm -hmm. I interacted with you. I mean, maybe you might interact with Ender, and then somehow <laughs> got got some growth like from there, because that, that that's how it occurs. Because yeah. that's you know, good training partners benefit other good training partners, whereas an asshole benefits no one, especially mm -hmm. themselves. Was that always yeah. your mentality, I or feel did like, you develop that over I time? Feel, I feel like that developed over time, but yeah. I feel like yeah, I did yeah. not have a lot of control when I yeah. first started training um, combat sports. Yeah. You know, and I caught a lot of flack yeah. for it. Like, um, just I would go hard or I would go too hard. I would throw knees when it was unnecessary. Yeah. And I think, um, to being honest, it was just my competitive nature that got the better of me. Mm -hmm. And uh, in training for fights, I just, I was too, I was really anxious. So I felt yeah. like if I didn't land this technique this way or put the pressure on someone this way, I wasn't going to do it in a fight. But I can see now in hindsight and upon further reflection that, like, I did go too hard sometimes. Yeah. Well, I, right. I, yeah. No, I mean, and, and I know that I, I've, been, I've been there or I was there, like, mm -hmm. as well, seeing that. And I think, I don't think that was always my mentality or I think I thought about it. Like, I remember, like, right when I, when I went into it, I was, I think I was more really just looking, because I, because I, I didn't compete right away mm -hmm. from there. I was just really looking to learn. And I felt, uh, I felt like the, me not being as competitive, like, start out with, helps me in my competition now because I understand that the competition is not between me and somebody else. The competition is in is within me to grow yeah. and that's what's gonna dictate how I'm gonna do in a fight, not mm -hmm. just what I do outwardly, it's what I think inwardly and how I'm able to express that exactly. from there. But I think I, I mean I learned that a lot you know from you, I learned that a lot from you know another one of our trade partners, Joel, just seeing how you guys like competed and I mean, you know, it was like we we didn't necessarily know better, 
like in terms of you know going hard that's just how we did but i felt like like over time i see like wait i don't need to damage myself as much to learn to, in fact, if anything, by damaging myself less, I learn more. So I'm like, well, then isn't yeah. my isn't my purpose here to learn? So then I don't don't I want to take you know the least amount or least. There's always gonna be a danger sense. It's just what we do. Right. But I feel like I want to take. I don't need to put myself. That's why I talk about needless danger. I need right. to put myself in a needless sense of risk, where I can you know where I can lessen that risk and increase my growth. Exactly. And that's, and that, that's kind of I don't know how recently I get it, but I'm glad I got to that point without having you know, you know, getting myself injured or injuring my part my training partners like from there. Right, and I feel like I'm there now, and I wasn't before. Yeah. And one thing I will say that. Um, makes someone an asshole training partner is if if they're intentionally trying to hurt you in training or they're yes. intentionally picking it up when you're tired yeah. or cranking on something too hard no, it's just no. at that point it's just all about the ego and you shouldn't train with that person if and you we know, know people like this no and it, I, i'm telling yeah. you and that's yeah. where you need to drop your ego if yeah. you're going to go with someone that is going to pop possibly concuss you yeah. or hurt you, you shouldn't train with them. Don't train with them. Don't They're, train with them at all. Yeah. And, and and then just use some like just some micro social power and maybe and avoid that person yeah. and then everyone else will start avoiding them. No. And and cuz here's the thing. Yeah. Now we know and the science backs that training hard doesn't necessarily give you the progression that you need. It actually delays it. Exactly. And there's no there's no proof that if you yeah. get rocked in the gym, it's going to help your ability to recover from getting rocked in a fight. It actually yeah. lessens, lessens it chance, just based yeah. on like getting yeah. concussed and things like yeah. that. So um, first of all, like pick, if you're going to pick it up on your training partners, it shouldn't be with heavy shots. It should just be with pace. Yeah, with it should pace, just be explosive, yeah. but it should be controlled. And it took yeah. me a while to learn that. And, and now I'm trying to refine that in my training sessions, yeah. not for myself as much anymore. Well, it is for me because I don't want to get injured, but it's for the people I train with because I want them to become better. Yeah. Um, but at the same token, though, you trust those people knowing yep. that they read that understanding that you, like you know, if you pick it up on me, I know you're not there trying to hurt me. I know you're trying to push me there. And the same, you know, with you, I'm or with when I go with others too. I'm yeah. not pushing all because I'm they bitch and I'm dominating. Them. Yeah, I'm no, I'm doing that because I know maybe that's what they need mm -hmm. from there. Because or I'm doing it in a, in a controlled sense where I know I'm not gonna like hurt them mm -hmm. at that point. But I think that's a great point you bring up. If you feel like you're training with an asshole, you probably are, and you don't need to train with that person. No, nope. you know, it's it's like there's no point. Like for me, if uh, if you know an asshole comes up and just try uh, someone I know and I just understand like like how how they go. I mean, I won't train with that person. Like it's over. The, and legit, like I know, like right now there are assholes. Like at the, I mean, it just it just happens. Like they're 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 there. I mean, no, you, I know. There's like, people who come up to me yeah. and they're like. And it's like they've shown me nothing that yeah. makes me want to train with them. But they yeah. what they want what yeah. they want is they want my time, they yeah. want my energy and my technique. Yeah. And it's like I'm not trying to withhold it because yeah. I want to be better than them. It's yeah. just like I don't feel like they're gonna do what's right with it. Exactly. And so it takes time yeah. to build trust with training partners. Yeah. And what, since I came back to AMC, I have a core group of guys that I work with mm -hmm. because I trust them. Yes. And so at the end of the day, when someone comes up to me and I know that I've seen them kicking the shit yeah. out of someone need, needlessly, yeah. even if they have a fight i just know that's not going to do anything i'm just gonna and yeah. it's not about ego because at yeah. the end of the day it's it's yeah. about helping each other get better and i yeah. think at our gym amc the culture of that type of training it's um the hardcore training has changed significantly yeah. and we have a world champion at our gym so yeah. again that's another um that's other more proof and we have a really d 
deep and successful amateur team that the methodology of training hard to win a fight, training hard in risking injury to win a fight yeah. that doesn't work. Exactly. And by training right. hard, what we mean is like like hard sparring, yeah. like you know, pretty much putting almost a hundred percent into your shots, mm -hmm. like especially like trauma to the head. Like from there, that's not going to benefit you. No. Like from there, like you know, getting like like Scott just said earlier, getting rocked in the gym is not going to help you getting rocked in the fight. Nope. You know, look at all the guys from yeah. Shoebox. If you need yeah. more evidence, exactly. Look at Shogun. Look Shogun's at, barely even thirty, and he's, and he's like, yeah, his face is yeah. all droopy, yeah, just droopy. like, yeah, fucked, dude. Yeah. Vanderlei looks like a walking plastic surgery experiment. Damn, you know, man. it's it's like yeah. It's and those guys had some hard fights, but they they were infamous for their gym wars. All yeah, the guys from wars. Team Quest, yeah. minus Hendo, because he's yeah, because he's a freak, a freak among freaks. And yeah. TRT, but, yeah, yeah, man. So, but no, it doesn't like yeah. Just like if you're watching, if you're watching this and you train yourself, like. Hey, you really have to analyze your training partners, yep. you know, because it's not. I mean, not just not just for your, you know your own benefit but you are gambling with your health it's true and then like if you go with like someone who doesn't have your interest or isn't concerned about your safety why do that you know because you can get injured in the best of circumstances right why would you put yourself in like well that's like putting yourself in a car with no airbags or putting yourself in an uber with no airbags with a guy who has a bomb strapped to his chest yeah you know you're just going to go have a bad time eventually yeah that's going to be yeah. the worst time yeah. so now i have another yeah. Thing about assholes in the gym. Ender, where are we at for time, dude? Uh, like 13 minutes. Okay. Okay. So, um, I got another thing for assholeness. And so, at gyms, there's people with wide variety of experiences, upbringings, and opinions, political, religious, all that. Try not to bring that shit into the gym. If you bring that shit into the gym and like you assert your position on someone, you would be considered an asshole. Yeah. For example, at our gym, some asshole decided to stand in a ring and take a picture with a Trump shirt. <laughs> And, 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 and Donald Trump, whatever you think about him, I, I really don't give a fuck. I know what I think about him. He's a divisive uh, individual, especially in our current political climate. So asshole move, keep the politics out of it. Like if you want to talk quietly with someone about that, go ahead, but just keep it out of the gym. Mm -hmm. We're all just trying to be better martial artists. Yeah. You know, no need to get in arguments and stuff like that in the gym. Other thing, training with a member of the opposite sex. Don't be a fucking creep. Yeah. If you if you start Ender. doing Ender, <laughs> keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Hey, he, he came back no. really fast with that. Well, anyway, continue, continue. Here's the other thing. Yeah. Be respectful. Treat that person like any other martial artist, right? Because they are a martial artist. They are a martial artist. Yeah. And and the thing is, is don't avoid someone of the opposite sex in sparring. Spar whoever, because they're a body and they're there to work. Yeah. Don't and just I've heard girl uh, women that I've trained with tell me creepy stories about what guys do in the gym or say in the gym, and it's just no man. Keep like the sexist comments out of there. Don't say something inappropriate in front of a woman. Don't do that. Keep that shit to yourself. Here's the other thing. Don't ask somebody about their sexual preference or anything. Thing like that don't, don't nice. go around the gym saying yeah. faggot and stuff yeah. like that either we don't yeah. want that in our environment that stuff is asshole niche so asshole ish yeah asshole niche i'll make up words a niche. <laughs> niche. yeah it's a niche. real niche asshole trade to do that because what we want in mma training and in martial arts training is we want every single person to feel welcome yeah right and we want to help whoever comes in through the door at um our gym especially yeah. feel well feel welcome in yeah and the thing is, is also don't be an asshole and insert your opinion. Like, yeah. that goes for technique. Don't force. Well, let me tell you something about that. Yeah, if someone there's knows, always that yeah, guy. There's there's that guy. But if someone you know, uh, if <laughs> if no one asks for your opinion, 
they probably didn't want it. Yeah, exactly. Know, for, that goes that. for technique. That yeah. goes for anything in the world. Yeah. Just keep that shit to your fucking self. But yeah, you know, before you call out the assholeness in someone else, pick out the assholeness in yourself and remove it. Yeah. Right. Take the asshole plank out of your own eye before yeah. you take out the asshole speck in your sister or brothers. Mm-hmm. So everybody. For on f- our lesson for today is don't be an asshole yeah. in the gym. Don't encourage or glamorize or worship asshole behavior in our society. Let's try to call it out. Let's try to do better ourselves, especially in the MMA world and in MMA gyms. Let's make them welcoming environments where people of all ages, races, yeah. creeds, whatever sexual preference or gender identity feel welcome. I don't care. If a transgender person were to come in and train, let that person come in and train. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Let it be what it's going to be. And really just check, you know, like look, look into yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, how would you want to be treated that way? You know, from there? Or like how what, what makes you, why would you treat someone like that? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, and also back back into what you're talking about and sh- when people ask you for your knowledge mm-hmm. and stuff like that and just understand like, what that person would do with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like if in part, when you're trying to be part you know, of a team, mm-hmm. you have to understand like you can't, like there there goes you have to put you have to pretty much you have to show that you want to be part of a team you can't just like all of a sudden all right here i am star player let's go give it to me like that's not that's, that's not how that works and that you got, happens you a lot put, man and that does i mean you have to put you have to you have to put in the work like and th- that's the thing that's why you know when when i look at when I, who i'm training with or who i you know how who i give information wise it's not like i'm it's like it's people like once again like like the same thing as Scott said. It's people I know that will use it. Mm-hmm. People I know that will not only help me but will help others. In terms, mm-hmm. of it's like you know people. It's people I trust. Like at the end of the day, and I try because they're not just good martial artists. They're good. They're good people, mm-hmm. and that's the thing at the forefront. Be if you're a good person, that should that should go out throughout what you you know throughout what you do mm-hmm. from there. So I think, yeah, at, the, at yeah. the end of the day. And that's why I don't show Ender any of my techniques because yeah. that yeah. guy is going to use them for yeah. wrong. Yeah. He's going to commit he's crimes with them. Me, like, chokes me three times. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I just don't trust en- yeah. Ender. And yeah. if anybody, better than him. If anybody yeah. meets Ender yeah. at any martial arts gym any, in Washington, any, yeah. don't let him train because he is. An asshole. He's an asshole. That's the lesson of yeah. <laughs> well, 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 that, that's yeah. Well, that's one thing. I see Ender like grabbing people, just talking mad shit. No, really, mad, all constantly. When I came back, yeah. everyone was welcoming. Like Scott, welcome back. It's good to have you. Glad and that you're Ender back. Comes up. And then Ender just starts disrespecting the fuck out of me. Just <laughs> left right, No, I just couldn't it take it. He goes like, oh, oh, Scott, you still walking? I'm surprised because you're so damn old. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh my god, yeah. oh, oh man, see, look at this. Oh, I haven't heard that one before. Man, you know In my 21, 29 years of life, no I've heard that. Sitting on uh, that man. Oh, oh man, no, man. jeez. And, uh, so, yeah, in Jesus, essence, don't, don't, don't be, don't don't be, be an asshole. Don't be an asshole, guys. Yeah. Don't be an asshole. And we'll be back next yeah. week for uh, more stuff. Yep. Yeah.